This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Money. All I really want to see is the money. I don't really need a deal, need a money. All a bad bitch need is money. money. I got ants in the coop. Bussin' out the roof, I got pants in the crew Touch me, I'll shoot, I'll shake a little ass Little Cardi B Hello Hey, what's up? Not much It's Tucker and Mora along with our technical producer, Chris Bundes By the way, somebody was asking about you the other day on Instagram on a DM Like, hey, really? tell me about this Chris Bundes guy Oh man, I get like four of those a day Yeah, well you can Bundes. just find out for yourself Look at him up, uh, look him up on Instagram <laughs> Chris Bundes, C-H-R-I-S. Looking for love, ladies. I'm looking for love. <laughs> yeah, you say that, but we really need to dig deeper into that some other time, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Chris Bundes on Instagram, if you want to just kind of get a visual of who's sitting in the room with us while we're doing uh, the potty. Uh, thank you for listening, and thank you for all the love and support with our you know, existing podcasts. Yeah, thank you so much for checking it out. Coming up on today, we're going to do a segment that... I don't know if we've ever officially done it together, Maura, but it's mm-hmm. something I used to do okay. that I'd like to bring back, which is just... I mean, we've alluded to it, but it's the grower or shower segment, mm. where we listen to some new music and we make the call, whether it's a grower, meaning a song that you're going to need to hear a few more times... Basically, it could also mean it sucks, but you know, you don't uh, you don't always know, right? You don't know. A song you don't like at the beginning could end up being a song you love six months later. Yeah. Or a shore, which is you hear it instantly and it's like boom, that song's amazing. I love it. Sometimes those those songs though have like a fast burn and then all of a sudden yeah. you hate it two weeks later. Totally. Totally. Like, yeah. you look at some Ed Sheeran songs, some of his biggest hits I'm totally sick of, but he has the other ones, like Castle on the Hill to me. Yes. I liked a lot better than uh, hearing that today versus the other one that came up at the same time, which I don't even remember what Ca- it's called. Castle on the Hill is, like, timeless to me. And it was released on the, pretty much the same day that the other big hit one was, um, Shape of You. Which oh, was, yeah, yeah, I yeah. think, a bigger song yep. in terms of the charts, but I was just like, ah, Castle on the Hill is going to be a song that I'll want to listen to in two years, whereas Shape of You I might still be sick of. Yeah, totally. Especially because we used to play it on the station we were at like probably 120 times a week. <laughs> it's a big hit. It was a big hit. <laughs> uh, so anyway, we will do uh, some grower and shower. We got some funny audio clips to play. And uh, why don't we just drop into the new music right out of the gate? Let's do it. Okay, so uh, a song that came down. This is a different one because Beyonce released a whole new album this week. And it is called Homecoming. And it's basically her entire Coachella live performance from a year ago. And it coincided with the Netflix documentary, which, by the way, she produced herself, which you know it's going to be super self-indulgent and a giant Beyonce commercial. That's okay. Like, look for lots of slow motion, Beyonce-looking hot clips. <laughs> I mean, she looks hot all the time, yeah. so. Um, but no new music on the live album except for one track, which she does, which is a cover song called Before I Let Go. In the middle of it, she decides to feature a new song. Okay, let's hear it. Tragically Hip used to do this all the time. And New Orleans is sinking. They'd play that song and then they'd break into like, uh, I remember the first time I heard the Nautical Disaster song was in the middle of another song Mm. that they were performing live. So here you go. This is Beyonce, new music. Don't even know what it's called. It's that new. 
My favorite part is coming up here. pretty cool isn't yeah, it yeah yeah okay so that's a shower hang on if we did a vote here because it's got to be you know we're going to take a vote okay all right so mora you say shower shower uh bundus i concur shower you're gonna say shower i'm also gonna say shower so that's gonna get shower status yeah. right here <laughs> you did it beyonce well done I can't wait to hear what that song sounds like when it's actually, you know, a full-on single. Right. Although she doesn't seem to make music for radio anymore. You find that? Like, there's yep. some songs that kind of just drop in a little bit, and people are basically playing it because she was so big for a long time. You know what I mean? But um, She's like the biggest star on the planet. One of them anyways. Mm-hmm. I'd listen to anything she put out. Uh, so Madonna released her first new song in a while, and it's with a Spanish artist named Maluma, and the song's called Medellin, which is an area of Colombia. And it starts off, and what is that thing that um, people are into whispering? ASMR? Oh, is that what yeah, it's called? Yeah. I, I don't know what it's called, but yeah, people yeah, get... It's called ASMR. I listen to it every single night when I go to bed. Do you? Oh, yeah. You like the whispering? I like the whispering, yeah. Do you want me to record you one where I'm like, customize it to Chris Bundes? <laughs> Hey, Chris, you did great today. You had a really good day, and you're going to do even better tomorrow. Did you, is it a turn-on thing, or is it just a relaxing thing for it's you? It's a relaxing thing. It, it, causes, it causes your body to go, like, have tingling sensations all over. Oh, yeah. Yeah, some people do it to get turned on. I would no. totally... Some people, I, not you. I, I want to record a meditation uh, CD or uh, MP3 that's along those lines, actually. So mm-hmm. maybe we'll do one for Bundus, and then we'll do like a meditation version for me. All right, take a deep breath, Mora. Now breathe it out. Yeah, already I'm more relaxed. Thank you. I wonder, you know, if if there's like a market for that. There must be. People are probably making money on YouTube just doing like, hello. And millions and millions and yeah. millions of views on these videos. It's yes. crazy. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so next up with our grower or shower segment is New Madonna, which features a little bit of ASMR at the beginning. One, two, one. Doesn't it sound like she's doing it a little bit? Yeah, totally. <laughs> she's saying cha cha cha. One, two, one, cha 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 cha. I took a pill and had a dream. You're también. I went back to my 17th year. Mm. Allowed myself to be naive. Dime. To be someone I've never been. Me encanta. Okay, at any point you're allowed to say fast forward if you want, and I can jump into the middle of the song. Well, she's clearly picking up on the whole Spanish, like, Despacito. Yeah, yeah. You know. I'm surprised she didn't just enlist Bad Bunny and yeah. Daddy Yankee to help her, but maybe they didn't want to work with her. Maybe she asked, you know? Okay. I like that. I 
So far the best part of the song is the not Madonna part. Okay, I'm gonna skip ahead here. But once I didn't have to hide myself. I like this guy a lot. Okay. All right. I'm we ready. Heard a little bit of um, Madonna's Medellin. <laughs> you know, I said in our last podcast that I thought it was a real shame that Madonna never evolved to trying to make music for people that were aging. She's always trying to stay relevant. Mm-hmm. And I think she, by doing that, is appealing to no one now. Like the young generation, which she still seems to want mm-hmm. by putting out a song like that, they don't care about her. And the older people don't want to hear her trying to sound young still. Uh, she'd, I think she'd still sell out Scotiabank Arena if yes, she had a show. But nobody wants to hear that song. That's the song that you go to the bathroom when it comes on. <laughs> so you're going grower for that. I am a definite grower when it comes to Medellin. Fundus? Um, uh, I like uh, the chilled out reggaeton vibe, but I do not like what Madonna sounds like on that tr- on that track. So it's a grower for me. Grower for me as well. There you go. Sorry, Madge. <laughs> That's the sound I have for grower. We need to hear it a few more times <laughs> before we fall in love with yeah, it. I think. Yeah, like a million more times, maybe. I another one. Okay, this song isn't super new. It came out uh, just short of two months ago, but I want to play it because I know you're a fan of John Mayer. Oh, yeah. Right? I love John. Yeah. Okay. So John Mayer has a new song out called I Guess I Just Feel Like, and I didn't even know he had it. I just sort of stumbled across it the other okay. day on a streaming service. Cool. And I thought we'd have a listen to it. Let's see what John Mayer's up to. Right now, it could be anyone. I guess I just feel like I guess I just feel like Nobody's honest Nice Nobody's true Everyone's lying Would you be as into him as you are? If yes. he was yes. horrible looking? <laughs> oh, horrible looking? Yeah. yeah I mean, he's got a great voice Wow I'm the same way It's got a good bit of a country vibe, doesn't it? What I like about his voice here is that I find it's a little more true to his actual voice. John Mayer for a long time was uh, in that category of people that I would put as fake voice singers. Mm-hmm. Where he talks this way and then he sings and he's like, yeah, body is a <laughs> And you're just like, yeah, come on. But you I know, like this. I dated a guy who was a really talented trumpet player who actually went to school at Berkeley School of Music with John Mayer. They were in the, the same, same time. Same res. John was down the hall and he would walk by John Mayer's room and and he would uh, you know pop his head in and John would be playing the melody and soloing on a guitar at the same time and he said everybody knew in that res that John was going to be a superstar. Like there was no doubt about his it. His guitar playing is phenomenal. Yeah. And I think it takes seeing him live to truly appreciate it. Because you never know what's being done in a studio, right? Uh, I saw him. I would say he was one of the 
He was probably the biggest um, surprise for me to see live in terms of an artist and how impressed I was. Because oh, yeah? I, I went into the show as a mediocre fan. Okay. Like he had some songs. I'm like, oh, this guy's obviously talented. He's good. And I got some free tickets with the radio station I was working at in Montreal. Yeah. And my wife and I went and I was just like, holy cow, this guy is amazing He's live. He's bigger than my body gives me credit for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the hits, when you think about it, he had a lot of hits. Yeah. Seriously. This one? Da-da-da. Yeah, when you see him live and you see him shred on the guitar. You know who's also like that, apparently, and I haven't seen it for myself, is Adam Levine. Uh, Maroon Five, because Maroon Five is one of those artists that if I would, I would, if I had free tickets, I'd go see them. Yeah. I would never pay to see them live. Uh, but I've heard his uh, Adam Levine is like shreds on a guitar. I interviewed Adam Levine once, yeah. and I just found him to be so pretentious. He no. was doing all these inside jokes with his band that I didn't get. I'm just like, what am I? You know, I hustled my way down to um, Budweiser stage, waited forever, finally got in and was walking towards them. I guess they had a lot of TV interviews that day. And mm. then when they saw me, they went, oh, radio. Radio, and then I guess they decided to not take it seriously. Uh, Meanwhile, I had worked on it all day. Yeah, so I was really upset. But yeah, uh, what are you gonna do? That's like when I totally uh, prepped for an interview with Chad Kruger of Nickelback. Yeah, and then they sat me in a room with the bassist and the drummer. Oh, and I was I just like, I was like, are you there kidding was one Kruger me? There. Yeah, uh, yeah, I guess. Which is the other the, Kruger? Uh, the bass player. The bass player. Okay. I mean, Bundes was is in a band and was in other bands, and you play the guitar, and you're pretty good. Like, would you agree? Have you? Do you know Adam Levine as a guitarist? Yeah, he's actually pretty good at uh, as playing guitar. But um, Maroon 5's music isn't very guitar oriented, so it'd have to be like um like a breakdown in a song where a he would cover rip, something, yeah, where he would rip something, where he would actually have a guitar yeah. solo. Yeah. Well, I remember hearing. Him interviewed and for the longest time they were adamant about not having people help write their songs mm-hmm. and they had one hit they had uh, this love this and so they were like oh we're on this so they and then eventually they worked with someone and then they had another hit and they're like holy cow let's just keep this going it's way, <laughs> it's way more fun to play to people that know every song you're playing than to be struggling through you know trying to milk one song right and so now they work with teams of people whenever they write their songs so I, I don't think he even has a chance to play the guitar because it's like you know it's he's a part of the pop music factory yeah mm. so Getting back to the Nickelback interview. Okay, yes, please take us back to your Nickelback. I was told I was interviewing the band, and I most the only person anyone cares about is Chad Kruger, really, unless you're maybe a drummer and you want to hear what the drummer thinks. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. I mean, drummer's really good. To be fair, he's an unbelievable. Great, good for him. I nobody. I don't even know his name now, and he's not even the original drummer. I think they kicked the original drummer out. They did. And so anyway, again, I'm in this green room and I'm just trying to go through this interview and I'm, st- I'm sweating a bit because I have no questions for these other guys. Oh, no. And I'm trying to like rework them so they, you know, they can answer them and I'm, it's fine. And then right near the end of the interview, Chad Kruger walks in. Really? Because he had finished his TV interview because oh. he was doing all the important stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then I hit him up and I uh, and I just, I, I, he sat down and then I got to ask him all the questions that I had prepped for. Really? And the other guys were all like, you could tell they were all pissed off. 
that, you know, they knew what was going to happen, which was I deleted all the stuff with them and ran only the Chad Kruger stuff. Well, you could have just asked the other guys, what's it like to work with Chad? I know. Well, it was basically, I think those are the questions I was asking. But uh, anyway. But that's part of being in a band and you're the lead singer, you're the front man. I mean, they call them the front men for a reason. You yeah. know, people are interested to hear what you have to say. And I know it sucks sometimes when maybe you're the bass player and you don't get as much attention. But come on, you still getting attention. Okay, so right? getting back to John Mayer. Mm. And I guess I just feel like time to weigh in with your vote for this. Too much to take on. Okay, what do you think? Well, you uh, know, th- this is the kind of song that I would throw on when I'm at the cottage making some hot dogs on the barbecue. Okay. So I'm going to say uh, it's a shower. Uh, John Mayer is the kind of music I would never throw on. <laughs> um, uh, although, like, I've watched him play live before, and he's an unbelievable guitar player. I have unbelievable respect for him. I would mm. never listen to a single song by him, though. Okay, I don't like so okay. At all. Uh, you're gonna then that clearly sounds like you're going sh- uh, grower on that one. Definitely grower. And I am gonna have to break the tie here. And I'm going to say that I think the song is great and it's a show. Oh! Yeah! Got one out. Suck it, Bundus. Yeah. Suck Suck on that one. Uh, But but you're right. You know what? I would very rarely ever listen to John Mayer myself. I was in a room. But I like that song. I'd listen to that one. I was in a room once with John Mayer and probably, I don't know, five other people. Mm -hmm. And I felt the power of John Mayer. First of all, one thing you don't realize is he's very tall, which is very attractive to me. I like tall men. Yeah, your husband's like 6'5", right? Yeah. How, is he taller than your husband? He'd be about 6'5", right? He's about too, the right? same height as my husband, which in many cases towers over a lot of people. Mm. And there was a bunch of people kind of fanning around him. He was doing an interview. And uh, I caught, uh, I mean, we we saw each other and he reached across. <laughs> he reached across the people in front of him, put out his hand and said, hi, I'm John. And I was like, <sighs> That was my meeting with him. Gave him a real sweaty hand to shake. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> exactly. I'm Maura. <laughs> How are you, John? Uh, big fan. <laughs> Stop it. Oh, your hand is so big. <laughs> you know what they say about guys with big hands? <laughs> is that what I sound like? Um... To tall people, you know. Stop it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'd love to um, give you my number. Oh, if only. What? Uh, uh, Where am I? Oh, I was asleep. It was just a dream. John Mayer, really? He really did that to you? He reached across and shook my hand, yeah. Just wanted to make sure he had that connection with you. Yeah. What about the guy you dated who knew him? Like, dating a trumpet player. What's that like in terms of um, pretentiousness? Um, oh, he wasn't pretentious at all. But, you know, he went on tour with Bedouin Soundclash because they have, like, a horn section on the tour. Meaning, with, like, he played with the band or yeah. he opened for them? No, he was. Oh, he was played in, with the band in their horn section. Okay. And, they, uh, and that was the tour where they opened for No Doubt. So he was actually on the road with no doubt for a little while for their, I think it was the Canadian leg of their tour. Yeah. So that was cool. But he, yeah, he, um, he's the guy who could tell what I was thinking by looking at the moon. 
Remember oh, I'd, the guy who said he could, uh, he knew you were thinking, oh, when what was the Mexico connection to this? Yeah, so I'm in Mexico and the, yeah. the moon, I swear to God, I was sitting on the beach by myself at night. The tide was coming in and the moon was so huge. It was the biggest I'd ever, it must've been a super moon. And I'm sitting out there on the beach and I was just thinking different things. And I thought about this guy, Danny, that I was kind of on again, off again dating. And I'm like, you know... Danny's really sweet. I should, you know, we should maybe give it a real chance. <laughs> I mean, when uh-huh. I get home, when I get home, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give him a call. I'm gonna pick a little treat up for him in Mexico. Maybe get him a cigar or something. And I'm gonna give him a call. So I get home and I call him. And so he, hot. I he, bought you a cigar. <laughs> well, he smoked. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> and he cut me off. I'm like, hey, and he's like, hey, hey, before you say anything, I just want to say that was really sweet what you were thinking about me under the moon. And, and then, then all I, of a sudden you're like... I was like, yes, exactly. What? I'm like, what? What are you talking about? And he, he started laughing at me. He was like, Mora, <laughs> Mora, the moon is very powerful. The moon is very powerful. And I was so freaked out that... For the rest of my time, anytime I look up at the moon, I feel like Danny is reading my thoughts. I'm like, oh, to God. this day, to this day, I'm like the moon. <laughs> oh God, Danny can read my mind right now. Is that well, not insane? I wonder if he's a witch. That's really like creepy. a male witch. I've never heard that. Before. Yeah, he's also the kind of guy. When I first met him on our first date, he said to me that he was at a funeral for his uncle, and the you know it was very a cold vibe, and nobody was there, and he could feel his uncle's spirit at the back of the room and he went to the back and said we're all here to love you and support you fill the room with your warmth and everyone will come and then everyone showed up I'm like okay so he talks to dead people he talks to dead people well and he connects with uh, living people when they're in another part of the world I mean that's weird but it's really weird like I'm for someone lying. to say that I'm not lying like no, that I literally you. happened I he read you. my mind when I was on the beach in Mexico because I was staring at a full moon is that not insane does that not tell you that there's something more or there's some sort of crazy energy field that we're not tapping into <laughs> I believe that's what you think happened Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I believe you. You're not somebody who lies about stupid stuff. You know what happened right after I thought that too? I was yeah. in this lawn chair on the beach and it was dark and at night. And all of a sudden the waves, like the tide came rushing in and soaked me. You think he pushed the water up? <laughs> no, I just think I didn't realize the tide like, oh, okay. was coming in. <laughs> <laughs> so it's unrelated to I, the story. It might be unrelated. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, Random. Right. Where so, were we? Did he break your? Did he like dump you, or did you dump him in the end? Um, you know, he is a musician in a band and never takes any relationships seriously. You know this, Bundus. Yeah, I've uh, I've had that experience. We just weren't. Like you times. know, we were betty, better friends than we were lovers, and I think we always knew that. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Would you um? Would you still go see him play live now if he was performing? Absolutely. Okay. Did I he ever play for you? Like, did he ever pick up the trumpet and be like, burr, 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 burr. yeah, you know, and you like know, a, you know, whatever they do. Sometimes he would be playing at like a nice restaurant, and I would go like just go have a glass of wine mm-hmm. while he was playing, and he would call me up on stage to sing a song. Oh, you must have loved that. Oh, are you kidding? I, I you, loved it. I'm like, no, no, don't do it. Don't do it. Okay. Play uh, Autumn Leaves in G. <laughs> now I'm curious. Here's my music. Here's my music. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a little curious uh, from a woman's perspective. 
does it matter the instrument that a guy's playing? Like, is a trum- oh, trumpet still as sexy? Let me as tell you something. Of course, it does matter, Bundes. Of course, it does. Think you know, no one's turned on by the bassist in a band. Period. <laughs> what? What are you talking about? Bass yeah. players are badass. Nah, no one's. Um, <laughs> I hear what you're saying about trumpets. Like, I really like jazz music, and trust me, he could wail on that trumpet. And there's something to be said about the nimbleness of the fingers. Okay, <laughs> and the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> he was really good at doing that with his mouth. <laughs> he, had, he had wonderful lung control. Yeah. <laughs> he could hold his breath for great amounts of time. <laughs> he could speak and hold his breath at the same time, which is a really neat talent. He was talent. a circular breather. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like bagpipes. Like, That's not a hot instrument. But I guess maybe if you just have command of an instrument, it's hot. When you, you see someone who's just... Yes. You know what? I always feel like if I was going to be single again, if I brought someone on my sailboat, yeah. that I would turn them on just by like the command of the yes, boat and the, the vessel. And the, yes. And just the, my ability to sail and the rigging and the pulling this and that. And people would be like, that's pretty hot. I think it's just seeing someone in their element, seeing somebody yeah. confident that you look the most attractive when you're in your element and you're confident. Yeah. You know, you really do. Yeah. Imagine I was single and I could bring someone on my boat. Oh. That would be that would be the deal sealer. Oh, yeah. And then you'd be like, let me show you the cabin downstairs. Like, does this look like a nice quiet bay to anchor in and spend the night? Like, you couldn't do that on a first date. No. But if, you, you know, if things were going okay and then you brought them away, that would be like, that would lock them in. Oh, for sure. Oh, God, if I was only single, <laughs> that would be like. But Bundus. good thing I'm happy. Good thing I'm happy. You should teach Bundus how to drive your boat and then <laughs> he... For a spin, yeah, I'll let you know how it works, <laughs> and then he yeah. can do that. Yeah, I don't know a lot of single sailors. I wonder if they maybe it's better if you have a power boat and you can be like, it's not as sexy. No, power yeah, a nice sunny day, nice breeze blowing. Yeah, and all of a sudden it's like, hey, uh, why don't I teach you how to steer? Just get in front of me, you know. <laughs> why don't you head up a little bit, a little closer to the wind? You must have done that with Deb. Yeah, I guess I did. Yeah, that's how you probably locked Deb down with your boat. Yeah, it took a while though before we were on my boat because it was sort of we didn't I didn't live near it at the time. Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, I'm sure that helped. Yeah, you're right. Because <laughs> I've seen pictures of Deb with the wheel of your boat on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, okay, look, she looks cool. She's steering the boat. Yeah, Tucker must have taught her that. I'll teach, I'll teach you how to steer my boat, Mara. Oh, oh. In a platonic kind of way. All right. Uh, there were some audio clips I wanted to play here. Uh, one of which we actually played on the show that we did this morning. Um, but uh, there's another one here. Okay, so have you ever woken up wasted in somebody else's house? <laughs> no. Have you ever heard of anyone doing this? Like, I've certainly yes. uh, tried to open the wrong door um, oh. in an, uh, when I lived in an apartment. You know, you press six, you get off on six, six looks exactly like seven. You walk up to six eleven instead of seven eleven and you start trying to work the key in and then you're like, Oh my god, it's the wrong door and then I, you know, went up a flight of stairs into my place. Yeah. Um, I had a friend who also did that same thing, but the person on the other end of the door threatened to call the police because they thought they were breaking in, and that's oh. gotta be frightening. But I've never I've heard of people doing it. I've never known anyone to do that. I've um done that in hot- in hotels. Where like I've ended up in different people's hotel rooms and have no idea how I got there. 
Like you've woken up and you're like, wow, holy cow. Okay, so this Scottish guy was wasted. He wakes up in the wrong house and there's this older couple. And rather than just freak out and call the police, they sort of laugh about it and they offer him a cup of tea and a cigarette. What? And and they do this, and they he actually starts filming a video because that's the age we live in. He wanted to capture the moment on his uh, feed, so here he is. And by the way, really hard to understand him because he's Scottish, but it's really funny just at how, what a kick he's getting out of the reaction of the people's house. It is this couple have woke me up right and went, "Who are you?" Right, <laughs> and I'm like, he told him I just I was at this party last night here, and he went, "No, trust me, there's a day party here last night." <laughs> You just woke up on our couch, right? <laughs> Instead of getting back into the party, I went into the house next door. <laughs> the light of the party was next door. <laughs> Honestly, thank you very much for being so understanding. <laughs> yeah. That's adorable. That's it. That happened, uh, that worked out in the best way possible. Do you know where in Scotland that was? No. Um, Drunk Scottish guy wakes up in wrong house is all I have. It's funny because I lived in Scotland for four months and in Glasgow, they have like literally they say on Sunday mornings, you have to like jump over piles of puke because people just puke. They party so hard on Saturday. There's vomit everywhere on Sunday, every single Sunday. You just woke up on our couch, right? Instead of getting back into the party, I went into the house next door. <laughs> I mean, all I gather, I, maybe you can understand that because you live there. It sounds like he was at a party next door yes, or something, and he yes. woke up at the neighbor's house for some reason. Maybe that's why the neighbors are so understanding, because they all drank together. But I think, isn't urination in general like a big problem in the UK yes. with pubs and stuff? And they, they started inventing these toilet, um, almost like porta-potties that would rise up from the ground mm-hmm. at night and then disappear during the day so they weren't, you know, bathrooms all over the place. Well, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Uh, another audio clip. This is the one that we actually played on our show, but I just think it's so funny. I want to play it again. And chances are you probably didn't hear it if you're listening to this podcast. But there's this uh, little old lady. She's 65. She's from Florida. She uh, sees this 300-pound burglar guy trying to, like, break into her car. He's wearing only his boxer shorts. She's, it uh, turns out, like, this former great softball player and happens to have a softball bat <laughs> handy. And she clubs the guy with the bat. And it sounds frightening. But then you listen to this woman and you're like, she's the greatest human ever. I grab my bat. I brace myself. I took that bat and hit him upside the he said, oh, he got a big nut on his head. He was in his drawers. He didn't have no shoes on, <laughs> no shirt or nothing. He better be glad I didn't have a gun because I would have shot him. But this is my <laughs> gun right here because I'm going to <laughs> Uh, she got too much joy out of that yeah she really did and I think she's enjoying, enjoying the attention remember when it, you used to play a clip like that and then two days later there'd be the remix remix sorry yes you know um, but I don't think people do that as much anymore it's too bad because this would be perfect it's <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, another clip I wanted to play. Alex Trebek gave us a health update. Oh, I've been wondering how he's doing. So he was diagnosed with stage four cancer, uh, pancreatic cancer, if I'm not mistaken. It was pan- pancreatic and is and, uh, pancreatic. And cancer. yeah, apparently that is like the really, really. Uh, I can't remember what the stat is, but it's like four percent make it out of that alive. It's like, I think it's less than ten, maybe, but still crazy. Mm-hmm. I wanted once again to thank you for your 
continuing messages of encouragement and support, particularly the many cards I've received from young people. I'm touched beyond words. I've always tried to be straight with you, and I'm not going to stop now. So despite what you may have heard, I'm feeling good. I'm continuing with my therapy. And uh, we, by we, the staff, is already working on our next season, the 36th year of Jeopardy. So I look forward to seeing you once again in September with all kinds of good stuff. Why doesn't he, like, I would think something like that would make me go, man, I should have retired 10 years ago mm. and just be traveling the world, you know. Maybe. But these shows, you know how they work, right? They only tape for like some, usually a couple months a year. That's true. And they do, you know, four episodes a day, a a day, day. or something. Like Wheel of Fortune's the same way. I think Pat Sajak works two months out of 12 okay. for Wheel of Fortune. I'm sure Jeopardy is in that same, in same time category. frame because they set up the set. They do all the production. They bring everyone down. Yeah. Um, people that are on there have to bring a certain amount of change of clothes. And then I'm sure if, uh, like right now, they have this crazy guy who's winning all this cash. It's like they set records now. And um, and so they had, you know, if you last a certain amount of time, maybe you got to go out and buy something else. That's interesting. I remember my husband used to work in television and he worked on a couple of game shows. And uh, you so you know how you have your studio audience. Mm -hmm. The studio audience would come and think, oh, this is cool. I'm gonna, But they keep you there all day because they shoot like five episodes in one day. And the audience would just like have to like keep giving them food because they need them to stay. Yeah. I'm sure with Jeopardy or shows like that, it's easier to get studio audiences, right? Yeah, people just get a kick out of being there. Mm -hmm. and, and you don't even see them in a lot of cases. No. You don't even know how big they are they could it could be amplified with sound effects and stuff there Absolutely. could be 20 people there but they make it sound like there's 110 yeah yeah i remember uh, watching the launch of that tv show yeah. and when it first started and i think american idol had this problem uh where they just didn't have a lot of people there at the beginning because nobody know, knew what the show was about yep. and so you're listening to the show on tv and you hear this big crowd and then you're looking and it's just a, you know a handful of people around the stage and you know they've just recorded that audio or brought it in from somewhere else right but i'm i'm you know, in listening to that Alex Trebek clip, there's one thing, and maybe this is a really morose thing to bring up, but if they're recording shows and working on shows for the for September, you know, what happens, what are they going to do if things take, you know, if he's part of the 90% of people that don't survive, mm -hmm. what do they do? Do they still air those episodes if he dies before mm -hmm. they air? Um, I and hopefully so. that won't be the case. I think that's what they would do. I would mean, they, though? Would that be weird? That would be probably their most watched season, don't you think? Because he would no longer be here. They never say, this is Jeopardy, live. They never say yeah. that. They For never, January 26, yeah, 2020. They, they don't make those kind of promises that it's live, yeah. right? So I think they would still go to air. Yeah, maybe. But, um, you know, and then they would advertise it as the final season. But I thought I had heard that they were looking for a replacement for him so they could keep the show going. If, oh, yeah. That show's not going anywhere. Right. I wonder who they're going to give it to. Because remember with Bob Barker. It's Drew Carey. Drew Carey. It's going to be Drew Carey. It's going to be Drew Carey. And you know what's funny is, so, and I don't watch Prices Right all that much, but I'm still not used to Drew Carey in that role. I know. It feels like, you know, Bob Barker was this guy who was slick and tight yes. and just did the stuff. And, and he had beloved. He had his little shtick he would do with the kisses on the cheek and whatever. Sure. But Drew Carey is way looser and trying to like crack jokes all the time and it just has a way different vibe. But I guess uh -huh. if he 
he's been on this long, people who watch the show like him I wonder and are used to him. For Jeopardy, if they would ever consider Ken Jennings. Wasn't he the guy who like cleaned up yeah, on Jeopardy? This new guy is uh, bigger than Ken Jennings. Oh, is he? Yeah. What? Um, as of today, uh, when we're recording this, his name's James Halshauer. And last night, he broke his own single-day record by winning $131,000. It's the second-highest single-day total in history. Uh, And now he's won close to $700,000. His 10 games in a row he's won, and he's he's going, so. Whoa. I wonder if the people in Jeopardy, like, who are the money people, are like, oh, my God, we have to stump this guy. Yeah. He's winning too much. Yeah, he broke his own single-day record. Which was uh, previously $131,000 in one day. I got this question for you guys. This has popped in my head, and that's why I love the podcast. If you were on Price is Right, what mm-hmm. ga- and you made it up, you made it up on the stage, what game oh. would you want to play? Which one would you want? I know which one I'd want to play. Plinko. Plinko. Yeah, Plinko. Plinko. Plinko's the best. It's got to be Plinko. <laughs> Well, the nice thing about Plinko is you can you're you're in s- somewhat of control. <laughs> I mean, you? those those things go all over the place, though. <laughs> but as opposed to just looking like an idiot, the problem is all that stuff's in U.S. prices, yeah. right? So trying to do the calculation on what a pack of Chef Boyardee whatever <laughs> costs, you know, in Canada it's like three dollars, in the states it's probably sixteen cents. Yes, you know, the prices can be so different down there. I thought you would have gone with the cliffhanger game. You know, the yeah. yodeling, the yodeling You got to know guy. prices, though. You got to know prices for that one. Oh, yeah. Maybe like a high-lower one. The putting, I think I'd be too nervous to do. Yeah. And everyone's like watching your golf yeah. form. You'd and be they like, always Ugh. do it first and show you how easy it is. So you look even <laughs> stupider when you don't get it at the end. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm going Plinko, too. Okay, cool. Just Good checking. Uh, guys, I think we got to wrap it up because we got to um, kick off our long weekend. You get a little bag and take it to the store. Money. Get a little cash. Money. You shake it real fast. You get a little more. I really like how authentic Cardi B is, too. Me too. You know, people talk about our show that they like it because they feel like we're real. And I feel like Cardi B, when she speaks, she speaks. She says what, you know, she's thinking at that moment. She's unedited, that's for sure. It's had her in a bit of trouble lately. Yeah, it gets us in trouble sometimes, yeah. too. Matt wants to know why you called him a Muppet the other day. Maybe that will be discussed on the next podcast. I will show you a picture of a Muppet that looks exactly like Matt. <laughs> And I meant it in a loving way. Like, he's just got so much hair. He's like, I want to hug him. Yes. You know, like a mascot. You see a mascot, you're like, I just want to hug you. You're furry and huggable. And that's how I meant it. I know. I'm sure somebody said, hey, Tucker was making fun of you on the radio. Don't do that, by the way. If you know our spouses, don't 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 be a rat. Don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Talk to you again. Touch me, I'll shoot.